Well, thank you so much for tuning in to today's Remnant Godcast. And uh, you can find us online if you just put in the Todd Coconado Show. I made it that way because a lot of people just Google my name and they can't find the podcast. They've been asking, where is your podcast? So we started putting in our Todd Coconado Show. But this is Remnant News. This is the Remnant Report uh, with Todd Coconado. And thank you for tuning in. And we're going to get into some of the headlines. But I, I like to answer... Uh, questions that people have been asking of me. When I see a pattern or I see uh, people asking multiple times the same question, I think it's a great place to address this on the radio show because there's a lot of things that, um, you know, we just, it's easier for us to discuss. So today I want to answer a couple questions. One of the things that keeps coming up is um, Kanye West. Why is he coming out now in 2020 saying he's going to run for president? And many people are confused by this. They're alarmed by it. They're concerned by it. Um, people on the conservative side think that he could take away votes from Donald Trump. People on the liberal side think he could take away votes from Joe Biden. Many people are saying he could be like a Ross Perot type. So what do I think? And that's what people are asking. What do you think? So the first minute when I heard it, like the very first uh, second when I saw it flashing on the news screen, I thought to myself, are you kidding me? This might be uh, satirical. It might be satire. And uh, it could just be a publicity stunt for a new album that he has coming out because I know he does have a new album coming out. But then, you know, as time went by, we started thinking about it and we started seeing that, no, it looks like he's he's kind of serious, like he really is running for president. So one of the things I did after that was I contacted two people. One I know knows him and Kim and Kim's parents uh, well, the Kardashians. And so I thought that would be a good person to ask. And then the other person served with Kanye very closely, uh, you know, working for him for several years. He knows him. He's in touch with him. And so I thought I'd ask him. And so waited for their response. When I got their response, they told me, both of them, listen, Kanye loves President Trump. I just can't see him. Uh, you know, putting a knife in President Trump's back. I just can't see that. And so both of them had the same reaction. In fact, the exact same reaction. Both assured me that Kanye was not going to do the president dirty. So I kind of left it there thinking, okay, well, I guess problem solved. And some strategists and operatives in, in the movement, uh, you know, basically said um, that President Trump could be using Kanye West as a uh, operative, um, kind of like a stealth bomber. And he could be in there uh, basically doing some of the heavy lifting for President Trump when it comes to the African-American vote, exposing the Democrats, exposing how they have taken, uh, you know, just advantage of the African-American vote for so many years. They have been in power in, I'd say, about 98 to 99 percent of all African-American cities that are impoverished in our nation. And they're not just African-American. These are low-income uh, communities and uh, they have a, a different um, demographic. Sometimes they're Hispanic and sometimes they're white. But regardless, uh, the, the lower income minority communities, which tend to be where a lot of African-Americans live, unfortunately, in many places in the country, I think Chicago and the South Side, uh, you know, places like that, Watts and California, things like that. So, you know, <laughs> there's a problem. And uh, the same people have been in power for a long time. And there's a cycle. And this has been under Democrat rule. And we see a lot of the problems in our country, like, for instance, what just happened with George Floyd in Minneapolis, a Democrat-run city, Democrat-run state, all the way up the line. And uh, yet, for some reason, the president of the United States gets blamed for this, and even though he's only been in office for a couple of years. But if you look at the statistics and you look at um, you know, this cycle, like I said, that's been going on in these communities, which they call minority communities for many, many years, 
you can see that this has been happening for a long time. So we want to get to the bottom of those things. I spoke to Larry Elder recently. He is always a great person, a great research to speak to, uh, researcher and resource to speak to, um, to talk about some of these facts and statistics in the cities and figure out what we can do to find some solutions. And I highly encourage you to listen to that podcast and you can hear um, Larry and his brilliant mind at work about talking about what we can do to better the conditions in these communities for all people of all races and especially for the african-american people because we want to see change and i think everybody was united and uh, you know holding hands when it came to what we saw with george floyd and what we wanted to see change but i think what's happened and i've spoke about this a lot is is there's been this hijacking and i think this was planned uh, you know, where the left and the operatives and the communist Marxist movement, BLM, and some of the other movements out there like Antifa, and these movements have hijacked what could have been a really defining moment of change in our country and have now taken this into a whole different direction. I think some of the African-American communities are seeing this, but many are not, and, and some of the white communities are not seeing this either. So, um, you know, it, it's just been a really bumpy couple of weeks, and I call that event two because event one, as far as I'm concerned, in this election cycle, uh, if you want to get past the, you know, the Russian collusion, delusion, and the Ukraine uh, hoax and all the different things that we've seen over the course of the Trump presidency, but if you want to talk about this election cycle, this is event two because event one was COVID-19, and we've seen that play out, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. So. Um, it's very, very upsetting. It's very, very upsetting to see how people are handling these two events and the uh, amount of damage that it's done to our nation um, from so many different levels, from so many different perspectives, from an economic standpoint, from a division standpoint. Um, many people are saying that you know we're looking at a possibility of civil war. We've already seen civil unrest. And so how do we bring all these things into some type of uh, landing where we can find unity and come together as a country. And I think the president's been trying or attempting to do that. We saw him speak at Mount Rushmore. He gave one of the best speeches of his political career. Of course, the pundits and the mainstream media, um, for the first time, even though so many presidents have visited Mount Rushmore over the years, many, 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 um, but for whatever reason, now the mountain is white supremacist, whatever, because it, it just fits their talking points. That's what they want, you know, and they just keep pushing these talking points. And so now we're in this very dangerous place. So people are asking me, you know, what do you think about these different things? What do you think about Kanye? Let's get back to Kanye. So the thing about Kanye is, is that I'm really not sure at this time. I do think that he likes the president. I know that he has a, a relationship with him. And even in his negative remarks where he said why he's quote unquote not supporting the president anymore, it seems like he's kind of playing softball with that. He said, you know, the thing that kind of changed his mind, according to some reports, uh, was that, you know, when the president went to the bunker, when the White House was basically under attack by Antifa. But I, I really don't think that would have been. I mean, to me, a defining moment, and the president later came out and said that wasn't really the case, anyways. Uh, but but they would do, the Secret Service would do that. That wouldn't be President Trump. The Secret Service would put the president, any president, uh, into a safe place when they think there could be a possibility of breach or compromise when it comes to the White House facility. So there's nothing that's weird about that or strange about that. The president didn't cower. If anybody who's been cowering, where's Joe Biden? Where's Hunter Biden? We haven't seen these guys. Where are these guys? And why aren't they coming out and speaking against the, the damage that's being done from Antifa and BLM activists in our cities that is irreparable? 
uh, you know, the people that are that are of all races, of all ethnicities, of all colors and creeds that have been attacked, their businesses destroyed, and we're continuing to see violence across the country in pockets. It doesn't seem to be as escalated as it was. That's why I'm concerned there could be a third event. So we talked about the second event a little bit, which is, of course, the George Floyd situation and how this seems to be very intricately planned. So let me just land the plane on Kanye real quick here, and then we'll get into this uh, this uh, second event, because I think it's important that I talk about this. So with Kanye West, I think it's a wait and see, and I'm not going to say uh, 100% that he's going to be going against Donald Trump. According to my sources, that just is so unlikely, but I guess we'll have to see. And uh, when we see that, uh, then we can make determination on how to combat and what we can do strategically. But right now, I'm in my gut, and I could be wrong in this one. This is just an opinion. It seems to me that he could be used as a stealth bomber to go after the black um, Democrat agenda, which is really the same uh, horrible uh, agenda. They've done nothing. They just want the votes of the African-Americans. As soon as they, they go into office, they do nothing for the communities. They don't fix anything. Everything is the same for decades and decades. Uh, their, their answer to everything is throw money, put you know entitlements put people on entitlements but that doesn't give them uh, you know better job opportunity or education or fix some of the major issues that Larry Elder talked about in our interview and so I would just say you know like President Trump said in 2016 what do you have to lose well we've seen what you have to gain and that is lowest African-American unemployment um, you know many many different uh, fixes from Ben Carson working in HUD pouring in you know over a trillion dollars according to Paula White into the African-American community uh, in in not just throwing money like the Democrats do through entitlements but in embetterment programs of really fixing some of the major issues and, and Ben Carson is a genius and he's in there doing this I think we're gonna see the effects of this in uh, the next few years but you know it's a it's a it takes some time to take roots and to see real change but we've seen some change in some communities and and especially in the ones that are willing to work with the administration and uh, we we do see that the uh, there's definitely an answer when it comes to President Trump bettering everybody he's working to better more jobs more um, manufacturing jobs back in the United States bringing back companies uh, bringing back uh, you know core uh, segments of society like steel and auto and different things that we've outsourced around the world you know bringing key uh, segments and components back from China and uh, really leveling the trade deals and NAFTA and, and not going into the TPP and fighting against the globalist agenda and uh, where the United States has just gotten these horrible trade deals for decades and decades. So these are the solutions that I think are helpful. And I will also mention that it, it, from a moral standpoint, you know, fathers in the household being pro-family, um, putting people in an environment where Christians and pastors are able to speak up and speak into the communities like they did in the past, you know, being friendly to allow prayer back around, you know, the government. And, you know, people say, oh, the separation of church and state. Well, what's wrong with prayer, first of all? And second of all, that was a letter to the Danbury Baptist Church. That whole sep separation of church and state is nonsense. It was the government promising to stay out of the church. And what are we seeing around the country right now where, you know, tyrants like Gavin Newsom are literally saying, you know, you can't worship. 
in a house of worship. So where's the separation of church and state there? Because to me, that's tyrannical. And there's been a lot of uh, overstep and overreach since COVID-19. And so I would just say, let's let's see what Kanye is going to do. And we'll, we'll determine how we're going to respond to it in the next few weeks and months as this plays out. But right now, I think we need to focus on the issues. We can't get worried about Kanye West. We got to get worried about bringing law and order back to our country and looking at the plans of the Marxists that want to come in and destabilize our nation. They don't care if they if it takes crashing the economy. They don't care really what it takes. They'll burn the cities down in order to get in power. And they really don't care what it does to you, your family. You know, they need to defund the police. They, they just want lawlessness. And this is what we've been seeing. And now we're seeing the crime rates in New York going skyrocketing, murders skyrocketing, and all kinds of crime. I saw a video yesterday that really was disturbing to me. And the video showed in New York, there was just some woman being attacked. And the fire department got there. You know, the police were nowhere to be found. And I will tell you, I've experienced this in Los Angeles where we called 911. There was a, a active situation where there was a mentally ill person that was uh, assaulting people in our community in a nicer neighborhood, not in a bad neighborhood. But this person was a was a, a you know mentally ill person. And we called the police and guess who came? The fire department. And they were there. These poor firefighters were, you know, trying to not get involved, but they, they're seeing this man going crazy. And so what happens about 15 minutes after the call, the police department, LAPD arrives. And at that point, there's already been property damage done and who knows what else could have happened. God forbid. And so this is what we're seeing in major cities in the United States. People are starting to realize that when they call the police, they may not come. And if they do come, it may be late. So why, why does the left want to do this? Why does the left want to do this in our country? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because they want to destabilize the country so that they can push their radical agenda in. See, many people are not connecting the dots yet, and they don't understand that this is planned. So I want to talk about how it's planned right now. And here's the deal. If you think that the George Floyd situation was the catalyst to what we saw happen in the last few months in our cities now, in the last month or so in our cities where you're seeing businesses looted, trains looted, neighborhoods assaulted. I saw a video and I know a friend that lives in Washington, D.C. And in that area, they were going house to house, door to door, and they were breaking windows and going into homes. Now, luckily, this woman's home was not attacked she prayed and she also had bars on her windows but she was terrified she was an african-american woman by the way terrified and said that they did not care that she was black they didn't care about any of that they were coming house to house door to door and terrorizing the community and friends i am i am concerned that this might be happening more often i'm concerned that we may see this happening in an escalating manner in our country and i think we should be very very concerned about it because it is concerning and so Think about these things as you're voting in this November, because if you want this to happen in your neighborhood, I don't care where you live, if you're in a nice neighborhood, if you're in a, a little bit more concerning neighborhood, wherever you may live. Listen, I've lived all over. I've lived in areas that are not so good, and I've lived in nice neighborhoods in my life. It just depends on what period of my life it was, right? And so I can recall times where I didn't feel extremely safe, but even in those times when I was in those neighborhoods, for whatever reason, you know, the police still came at that point because they were funded. And I knew at any time in my life up until now that if I called the police in the United States, they would come. 
We are now in an unprecedented time where if you live in certain cities, your police departments are being defunded as we speak because of a radical leftist communist agenda that doesn't care about your safety, but what they do care about is destabilizing the United States so that they can fundamentally change the country. And if you think this is the first time in history that this has happened, then you haven't really studied history very much because you got to look at what happened in the Weimar Republic. You got to look what happened in the rise of Nazi Germany with the brown shirts. Study that. Watch what the brown shirts did. What they're wanting to do in Minneapolis, what they're wanting to do in some other cities in the country is not only to abolish the police force and the, the officers that are trained and that are, you know, there may not be 100% clean officers. There might be one or 2% that are dirty cops because just like every profession, you've got dirty people. I mean, think about the pastorate. You mean to tell me there's not one to 2% pastors that are corrupt? Give me a break. Just like every other particular, you know, I mean, you just name it, whatever fashion, whatever the fashion industry, you got, you know, people in the fashion industry that are corrupt. You got people in the auto industry that are corrupt. You got people in the oil industry that are corrupt. You got people in schools and teachers that are corrupt. There's always going to be an element of corruption. But what we have to remember is when there's a, a regime in place of, of, you know, a checks and balances, law and order, you know, common sense, our constitution, our city's laws that have been on the books for years that have protected this. I mean, what else is government good for if they can't protect the people? And so these radical leftists are now wanting to take away, you know, the very thing that holds society together, safety, law and order. My entire life, I've lived in a community. I don't care if it was a low income community or it was a nicer community. You know, I'm 43 years old. So, you know, I've lived in different places. I'm sure you probably maybe have too. And so it just depends on, like I said, what part of my life. But when I was in my early 20s and I couldn't afford much, I didn't live in the best community. It wasn't the nicest place. It wasn't the nicest apartment. But you know what? I still felt safe and protected. Nothing ever really happened to me in that period. I could call the police if somebody was weird. If somebody was dangerous, I could call the police. Well, now we're in this weird era and time. And by the way, if you hear the pitter-patter, it's pouring rain by the studio today. Um, but but that's what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. That's what's going on. So the left wants to defund the police department. They want to defund common sense. They want to defund uh, you know our very sanctity of law in our nation. And yet, for whatever reason, people are are, are you know making excuses, still voting. You know, saying I'm going to vote because I can't stand Donald Trump. So I'm going to vote leftist. Well, you, you know what? Then you're voting for the destruction of your com your country. You're voting for everything that you've known since you're a child to be completely fundamentally transformed because that's what's going to happen. The 16-year plan, the plan that was uh, Barack Hussein Obama had already put well underway that President Trump has been trying to fight against the deep state holdovers and the people that hate our country because they hate our country. Look at Ahan Amar. Look at Alicia Cosa Cortez. They hate our country. They hate our country. And what are they doing? They're coming to fundamentally change it, to undo your law and order, to make it like hell on earth, and to come after Christians and tell them they can't worship, and to tell them they got to be quiet, and they got to wear muzzles over their mouth every day. And this is the world that we're in right now, ladies and gentlemen. Unfortunately, there's still people that are asleep, and that's why we put our life on the line every single day. People say, well, how do you do it? You know, and there's always somebody mad at you. Listen, I'm not angry because I hate people. I'm not angry because I'm angry. I'm angry because I'm, I don't understand why people aren't waking up. I don't understand how we could be this close to, to destruction as a country when we have a robust church in our nation.
well-funded, well-funded religious institutions of people and leadership that have been funded by the people to stand for truth and righteousness, to, to be put in these positions in order to stand for justice and truth. I'm not talking about social justice. I'm talking about biblical justice. What's in the Constitution, the law, the law, not just not just, uh, you know, biblical law, but constitutional law. What the founding fathers put into effect in our nation in order to uphold the greatest country in the history of the world. And we've we've enjoyed that for so many years, many of us for our entire lives, or if you moved here from another country, why did you come? You came because there was a better opportunity. You came because there was law and order. There was protection. There wasn't, you know, you have a chance of having something bad happen to you. I got stabbed nine times in the United States. You know, when I was 23 years old, I had an incident that changed my life. So yeah, I was hurt here in this country. Many of you have been hurt in this country, but you still have a better chance of security, of, of success. Look, and I was able to turn my life around after that and, uh, and, and become a Christian and a pastor and become, you know, an executive at a company and, and make good money and be able to feed my family and live in a decent place. That's because I'm an American. And America gives those opportunities. If you work hard, you're able to succeed in the United States. You know, look, I've tried about 50 different things and failed. But you know what? It's just that 51 thing paid the bills, you know, and it was able to, to get to where I'm at today. So you're not guaranteed success in everything you do, but you have the opportunity for success. You have the opportunity to worship freely, and you should. And so when, when tyrants tell you you don't have the opportunity to worship freely, you cannot gather with your church, you cannot open your mouth and worship. Okay, so now we're going to get into the event number one for the election. I haven't talked much about the coronavirus, but I need to talk about it today because more and more we're seeing people being forced to do certain things. You have to wear a mask. You know, now you can't enter certain counties, you can't enter certain states, you can't enter certain places without wearing a mask. You have to wear a mask. That's what they're saying now. You have to wear a mask. So, you know, I don't think that's liberty and freedom. I think that's uh, telling people what they have to do. That's that's a police state. That sounds like communism to me. Why, why, why isn't it that just the sick people should wear masks? If you Maybe if you're feeling symptoms and you want to go out, you know, then maybe you should wear a mask, right, to avoid the droplets getting from other people. But I guess the, the whole thing is they're saying, well, you know, if you're asymptomatic, that's the thing. So, you know, the super spreaders. But never in the history of our country, never in the history of our country have well people been quarantined. Never in the history of our country has everybody been treated this way. And this is an overstep. And this is concerning, not just because of what we're seeing with the virus, but it's concerning with religious liberties and freedoms being taken away. It's concerning with freedoms and liberties being taken away. I attribute it to 9-11. If you think about it, we never went back. If you go to an airport today, we're still under the same restrictions that we are from a post 9-11 world. It changed and shaped the world forever. The world never went back. It was a post 9-11 world. When we're looking at this, the country right now, we're looking at the different things that are going on. We're, we're going to see a post-COVID world. And unfortunately, many of these things, I hate to say it, I wish I was wrong, but many of these things are here to stay, at least for a very long time, and if not permanently. Because that's the kind of crazy world we're in right now. And if you look at some of the agendas, Agenda 2030 and the Bill Gates Foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, you look at some of these people like Dr. Fossey, they've been talking about some of these things for a long time. So these things have been planned out. Many of these things have been planned out. Just like the, the BLM and the Antifa riots that didn't just happen overnight from George Floyd. They, didn't, they weren't just grassroots. 
Those were planned and organized and funded, and they had much a lot of planning that went back for a long time. They were just ready, ready, ready for an event. And then they rolled them out. And then we people all around the country were shocked at the pictures, autonomous zones, crazy things that we saw that we never thought we'd see in the United States. And 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 the Democrat leadership that was in bed with them, that were that were complacent, that were along, going along with these things. And President Trump is doing his best to bring back law and order. He's, he's initiating the National Guard. He's you know doing different executive orders and everything that he could. But the Democrat leadership of the state, because of the way that our our Constitution is has laid out the the law and the implication of of, of local leadership. And the fact that the governors of the states have control over the National Guard, different things. You know, the president only has so I mean, he could he could do more, but then they'd call him a dictator. And then they would attack him that way. So he's got to be very strategic. He's walking through a minefield. But if you look at what's going on, you look at how this is all played out, you can see it's the Democrat cities that we've seen the most destruction. It's the Democrat cities where people's businesses have been destroyed. It's the Democrat cities where African American business owners have been hurt the worst, hit the hardest. People's safety, people's, you remember that police officer that was an African-American man that was shot and only even said his name? Why didn't his life matter? Barely, you know, it was people on social media putting up, you never even heard anything in the, in the news. It was like nothing. And so they choose which narrative to push. They choose if it fits their narrative. And they choose what they're going to do and how they're going to react to get everybody in a frenzy and a tizzy. And all these corporations and all these people go right in line with it. They're all connected so they had that all planned and coronavirus now we predicted the second wave we predicted that there was going to be a second wave in the united states we said listen in a couple weeks once these riots calm down guess what they're going to push they're going to push a second wave it was the most predictable thing that i probably have ever seen we knew it was coming and when it came even though we predicted and told everybody it was coming and and warned everybody then it came and people are still freaking out and you got these mask police people on Facebook and social media that are so mad if people don't wear masks because, because what? Because people have coronavirus? Are you talking about the coronavirus, which is like the common cold? Because that's a coronavirus. And look at the death rate. It's, it's continu con just continuing to go down. The, the virus is weakening. And it's, it's getting to the point now where they can't even call it. It's got to be downgraded from an epidemic. But for whatever reason, because CNN and MSNBC and the corporate news and the Drudge Report and all the crazies out there that have a narrative to push want you to shut down your business, your church. And it doesn't matter if it causes peril economically. It doesn't matter if jobs are being lost left and right because there is an election on November 3rd. There is an election and that to them is worth destroying your life and yet there's people that are silent there's people that are capitulating there's people that are joining the blm rallies i remember in the first couple of weeks i saw pastors now thank god many of them have contacted me and said thank you pastor todd for letting us know what this was about we didn't know and i, I commend those people for being willing to study and research because they're real people they're people that actually care and all they were trying to do, they had good intention. They were just out there trying to support the cause. They didn't understand it was a communist movement that was funded by guys like George Soros and the Open Society Foundation. They didn't understand this was planned and coordinated by the Marxists and the communists and that communist China was involved in Hamas and the Muslim Brotherhood. They didn't get that. And so that's fine. I, I have nothing against those people. In fact, those are my friends and I, I commend those people. They researched 
and they realize what was going on. That's what we need to do with coronavirus too. We got to research. We got to become seekers, truth seekers, where we get on and we look at the actual statistics and we look at the actual numbers and we stop buying into the hype and the frenzy that this Agenda 21 corporate mainstream media is trying to get us to buy into because it's a lie from the pit of hell. They have a plan, and it's coming at us like a freight train. They want to take down Donald Trump because he's the thin blue line. I call him the thin blue line. Read my article on rmntnews.com. The thin blue line between absolute tyranny in our country. If you think what's happening in California is bad, imagine that being rolled out nationally because that's the plan and worse. Christians are always target number one, ladies and gentlemen. I... I stand with black people. I love. I have so many African-American friends. I can't even tell you how many. I can't even count all the African-American friends on my hands. I have so many dear, dear brothers and sisters that I've known for years, and I've never even thought of their color other than maybe if they make me some good food or something that's different than what I usually eat. Other than that, I never think about who they are. What they, I, mean, I just think about who they are as a person, their character, like Martin Luther King told us. My, my neighbors are black. My best friends are black. I never got into any of this with anybody until all this nonsense where they're trying to divide us now and make us look only at skin color, go back to like, you know, 60 years ago. Unbelievable. But that's the plan. That's what the left have to offer. They don't have real change. Look at their cities. They don't have a real plan. All they have is division. All they have is what the enemy we know as Christians who's behind this stuff. Who wants to take God out of everything? Who wants to take prayer out of everything? Who wants to divide us? Who wants to kill our babies? Who wants us to shove vaccines in ourselves that are dangerous? Who wants to, to murder large portions of the planet because they're so worried about sustainability and green new deals that they'll, they'll trillions of dollars of debt that will collapse our society, which the United States is the only thing stopping tyranny in the world right now, stopping communist China from taking over the world. They will take over the world. Russia and China. Who do you think will take over the world if the United States goes down? Russia and China. That will be our world. And if you don't understand what's going on in China, China is even kept at bay by the United States. Could you imagine if they were the sole superpower, what they would do to the world? Wake up, ladies and gentlemen. Wake up. Thank you for tuning in to today's Remnant Godcast. You can find more information about what we're talking about on rmntnews.com. I'm sorry I'm so passionate today, but hey, look at the world see where we're at. It's time to rise up, to stand up, and to be the body of Christ. God bless you.